our dear Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. Thank you, for the, Father, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. We ask, Father, that as we fellowship with you, that your words shall be spirit and life to our souls. Please sanctify us, dear Lord. Equip us with characters that will be needed for us to have that faith that will meet whatever challenges and obstacles and overcome them and surmount them. Put your words in my mouth and grant us of your spirit, dear Lord. Help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 9 Obstacles, a test of faith For who hath despised the day of small beginnings? Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 In rebuilding the house of the Lord, Zerubbabel had labored in the face of manifold difficulties. From the beginning, adversaries had weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and made them to seize by force and power. But the Lord had interposed in behalf of the builders, and now he spoke through his prophet to Zerubbabel, saying, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. Throughout the history of God's people, great mountains of difficulty, apparently insurmountable, have loomed up before those who were trying to carry out the purposes of heaven. Such obstacles are permitted by the Lord as a test of faith. When we are hedged about on every side, this is the time, above all others, to trust in God and the power of His Spirit. The exercise of a living faith means an increase of spiritual strength and the development of an unfaltering trust. It is thus that the soul becomes a conquering power. Before the demand of faith, the obstacles placed by Satan across the pathway of the Christian will disappear, for the powers of heaven will come to his aid. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. The way of the world is to begin with pomp and boasting. God's way is to make the day of small things the beginning of the glorious triumph of truth and righteousness. Sometimes he trains his workers by bringing them disappointment and apparent failure. It is his purpose that they shall learn to master difficulties. Often, men are tempted to falter before the perplexities and obstacles that confront them. But if they will hold the beginning of their confidence steadfast unto the end, God will make the way clear. Before the intrepid spirit and unwavering faith of Zerubbabel, great mountains of difficulty will become a plain, and he whose hands have laid the foundation, even his hands shall also finish it. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Obstacles, a Test of Faith. What is the role of obstacles? It is to make us lose hope in something, 
Is that the case? What do we learn when certain events happen to take away our hope for the promise of God? Let us see what to do and the attitude we are to have in the face of obstacles. Cyrus had given the decree that Jerusalem should be rebuilt, and the person whom he mentioned as the person who is to do the work was a man called Zerubbabel. He was commissioned to accomplish this task. Cyrus had said in Ezra 1 verse 3, Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord of God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Zerubbabel received this commission from Cyrus and the people who desired to go with him back to Jerusalem went with him. For about a year after arriving in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel could not begin the building of the temple. But when they arrived, they did something that was very important. They built an altar solemnly and offered a sacrifice unto God. And as we look at this return of the children of Israel back to Jerusalem, you know what this is? This is a people that have, have backslidden and they are trying to retrace their roots. They are going back to the old paths. You know, Jeremiah had said, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the way and see, and ask for the old path, where is the good way, and walk therein. Israel had departed from God. They, have back, they had backslidden, and God sent them on in captivity for 70 years. Once the 70 years was over, commission was given for them to go back. Now they are going back to their roots, and this represents for us today a return back to the old paths, back to the truths that the Lord has given to us. They are, they are going back to Jerusalem is a model of the kind of things that you will experience when you want to begin your journey with God. You know, they left Egypt when they were in captivity. And coming out of Egypt, God wanted to do something with them which they did not allow God to do with them. God sent them back again to another captivity. The captivity they had in Egypt was even better than that one which they had for 70 years in, in um, Babylon. Because when they came to Babylon as captives, it was not something that they did of their own will. In Egypt, they came there of their own will. They were even received by Pharaoh. They were blessed until things began to change. But in Babylon, they were forcefully taken there. They didn't backslide before going to Egypt. But in the case of Babylon, it was because of their own sins, their own backsliding. So we can look at this now as a church who is looking to go back to its roots. And when I say a church, I'm not referring to a body of people alone. You as an individual, you represent the church of God. If we are going back to our roots, it's not going to be easy to go back to the truth. But... The obstacles that come our way, just like in the days of Moses, the Red Sea, the Pharaoh's army and all of that, they can be surmounted. And the Lord wants to revive that spirit in us so that we will know that the work of reform, because that's what we are in now. We are trying to do a work of reform. For the children of Israel, it wasn't necessarily a work of reform. That was their first encounter with God. For us, we must have, as a church, known God before, departed from Him. And now we are to do a work of reform. There will be obstacles to test our faith when we want to do that work of reform. Zerubbabel 
started from where he ought to start and we should understand this he built an altar ezra chapter 3 from verse 3 to 5 says and they set the altar upon his basis for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the lord even burnt offerings morning and evening they kept also the feast of tabernacles as it is written and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the custom as the duty of every day required and afterward offered the continual burnt offering both of the new moons and of all the set feasts of the Lord that were consecrated and of everyone that willingly offered the free will offering unto the Lord. So this altar was very very important. It was a beginning, a good beginning for them, the right beginning. If there was no temple, there was no need for one without the altar for it is the center of worship, the altar of prayer. Just as the cross is the center of the Christian worship, this altar was the center for the Jewish worship. This altar signifies the cross without which all other services are without meaning. As far as this altar was available, even if they did not have the temple itself, they were able to observe the three feasts ordained by God. Like here it says they observed the feast of tabernacles. They were able to do their daily bond offerings morning and evening. Even the new moons, they were able to do all of them. This has a lesson for us in our journey of restoration into the image and likeness of God. When coming from our captivity from sin, we are to begin at the foot of the cross because that's what that altar represents. The altar is the place where the lamb is sacrificed. You mourned with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Amen. And this is exactly how we should feel when we are doing the work of reform in our lives. If we have departed from God and we are tracing our steps back as we see the Lord laying the foundation for us so that we can start to build on that foundation, the temple of the Lord, where we can serve him, we should rejoice. But then the older people were weeping. It was a very emotional experience for them. Some wept loudly while others rejoiced. This is the mixed feeling that some of us have when we find Jesus. For those who have left their first love, as it was for those who were once in Jerusalem, they wept. So may we also weep when we realize how far we have fallen from Christ and realize that what we once were and what we are now, there is a stark difference in our lives. But we are not to despair. We are to be hopeful and thankful even though we weep. For the younger ones who had not known the old temple and its glory, they rejoiced at having a temple at all. For them, they didn't see the old temple so they had nothing to compare it with so all they could do was rejoice. So also may those who have just found Jesus rejoice at their newfound life. This feeling is different for all but yet whether it is in finding our former love or seeing our first love in Christ all are safe at last with Jesus. So they made a loud noise as they wept and they also rejoiced so that the people in the surrounding nations heard about it. And what is this the people who see us will know? When we start to make a reformation in our lives, it's clear and some of us may have to weep 
Why will we weep? We say, oh, if I had known or I was taught these things before and I departed from it. And some of us, we weep when we look at what our lives are now and what the Lord is trying to do with us. We may weep, but that weeping should stop at the time because we are happy that we have even found the Lord again. But after this day when they made a loud noise in the laying of the foundation of the temple, there were other things that happened that was bringing obstacles to the people. In Ezra 4, reading from verse 1 to 6, we are told that the people, the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin, when they heard the children of the captivity, builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel. Then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said to them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Eshahadon, king of Asher, that's king of Assyria, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build an house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus the king of Persia hath commanded us. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus king of Persia even unto the reign of Darius king of Persia. And in the reign of Ahasuerus in the beginning of his reign wrote they unto him in an, an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. And here again we see something that may happen to us as an obstacle when we are trying to come back to God. These people who came to meet Zerubbabel and Joshua telling them we will build with you they were not interested in any reformation in their lives. They were only interested in the glory that will come from saying, oh, we were part of those who built the temple. But we also should understand that when we see people who may want to come to us and join us and say, oh, I'm part of you too. But you see very well that they are not reforming their lives. They are not interested in it. They just want to be part of an organization. They just want to be part of a movement so that they will say, oh, we are part of it. We should be careful like Joshua and Zerubbabel to say no. We will build it ourselves. We don't want anybody coming with false theories into our lives and giving us things that will make us go away from God again. These people who said, oh, we've been sacrificing to the same God since the days of Eshahadon, king of Assyria. Do you know who they are? They are the Israelites. They were the ones, let me not call them Israelites anymore. They were former Israelites. But the Lord had wiped them out. Now, they were no longer bearing anything with respect to the image of Jacob, Abraham, they were no longer, you can't call them children of Abraham anymore. Why? Because they had so intermarried, forgotten God. These were the people of Israel from the days of Jeroboam. And all those kings like Ahab and Hosea and Pekah and Remaliah, all of them. These were the people that had departed from God. They never worshipped God since the days of Jeroboam. They were always sacrificing to that calf. And now they are saying, oh, we are worshipping the same God. But it doesn't matter. They were never ready to change their idolatry. But they are saying it doesn't matter. It's the same God we are worshipping. We must be careful also to understand that it's not just anybody who comes to say we are worshipping the same God. And truly, in their minds, they were sacrificing to the God of heaven. But their practices were completely different from whatever Zerubbabel and Joshua wanted to do. So Zerubbabel and Joshua refused and said, no, you can't join us because they were going to corrupt the work that they were doing. Now, what did they do to show that their hearts were not in the right place? When they were rejected... They started to weaken the hands of Zerubbabel and Joshua so that the work moved slowly. And they now wrote letters to King Darius telling him that these people, because they wrote King, they wrote letters to Cambyses after the days of Cyrus. The next king was Cambyses. They wrote letters to him 
speaking evil against Zerubbabel and Joshua so that the work was now moving very slowly. It wasn't moving fast. But then there was this other king that came into the picture. His name is False Smerdis. He came and he stayed in around 522 BC. He just stayed a few months. But within those few months, what did they do? They wrote to False Smerdis and False Smerdis was charged. What they said to him was really terrible because they, 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 they really wanted to kick below the belt and they kicked Zerubbabel and his compatriots below the belt. They wrote to, to False Smerdis telling False Smerdis, go and check the records. These people who are building this temple, do you know who they are? Go and check. They have had kings who had ruled over the world like King Solomon, they had warriors like King David and his army, they had people like Hezekiah, people like Jehoshaphat and Asher who had subdued many kingdoms. In fact, at the time, one of their kings was able to destroy 182,000 soldiers of a king of Assyria, Sennacherib. And then false medicine said, is this so? Let me go and check the records like these people said. And when he checked the record, he was afraid and said they must stop the work immediately. Ezra chapter 4 verse 23 and 24, he says, now when the copy of King Ataxerxes, which is the same false Smedis, the copy of King Ataxerxes' letter was read before Rehum and Shimshai, the scribe, and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem unto the Jews and made them to seize by force and power. Then seized the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it seized unto the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now, these are the kind of obstacles that we may face when we are trying to do a reformation in our lives. These may represent your boss, it may represent your husband, your wife, but we already read yesterday the letter that the Lord wrote to us. These are the things that will make us have to agonize and pray as Laodicea, seeing our, our wretchedness. The Israelites, they were in this wretchedness, miserable nature, blindness, and they were naked. Jerusalem was naked. And Jerusalem needed gold tried in the fire. It needed the eye salve. It needed to be clothed with that white raiment so that its nakedness will not be seen. These were the things that they needed. And these are the things we need. But when we're trying to get it, there are people who will always want to stop us. It could represent anything at all or anyone at all. But how are we to do? What are, what are we to do about this? And why does God permit it? Like the title of our devotion says, Obstacles to Test Our Faith. That is the purpose of all of this. How strong are you in believing in God? How strong is your faith? Will you allow little obstacles to make you not to build again? Well, for the children of Judah, because of this letter that was written and the force that was used on them to stop them from going ahead in what they were doing, they stopped actually. Sometimes people may want to use force on you too. It may be your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, your boss. It could be the force of poverty. It could be the force of joblessness. It could be the force of sickness that may want to make you rethink your position and say, Oh, am I sure I should continue in this health reform? Do you see how sick I am? Am I sure I should continue building on social reform when all the men and women have left me and none of them wants to marry me? Should I continue building the temple of Jerusalem? Should I continue when I see very well that it looks as if the prospects are so difficult, the obstacles are so much? The Lord is testing your faith. Should I continue when my mother has thrown me out of the house, when my father has disowned me and rejected me? All these things are obstacles to test our faith. The Lord wants to see, will you continue building or will you stop? Remember what the prophecy given to Daniel said. He said that, 
they were to bring in everlasting righteousness. The day was coming for that. The decree has not yet been given at this time to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. This was only a decree to, do, to build their temple in Jerusalem. The decree for restoring Jerusalem has not been given. This is just the end of the 70 years. But the one for restoring and rebuilding Jerusalem is not yet given. But even though these people were supposed to continue building that temple because before Jerusalem would be restored, God's plan was for the temple to at least be there. That was the first thing. Now, when they stopped building, God raised up two prophets. Because the man who stopped them stayed for only a few months. But after false smerdis, which is Ataxerxes, after he left office, he was taken away from office because he was an impostor. He was not a real king. He didn't even follow the commands of Cyrus. Then a real king now came, Darius I, and they call him Darius the Great. Darius the Great came into power in the same 522 BC. But when he came into power, the children of Israel had left off building the temple. They could have taken the opportunity to start to build again, but they did not. A year had passed and they left the temple desolate. Over a year, getting to two years, they had quit the work completely. And that is how some people start health reform. And because of one trouble or the other, they run away and they don't go back because of one force of power that came against them when they were doing it. Some people start to keep the Sabbath and the same thing happens to them and they run away. After the obstacle has gone away, they still don't go back. What was the obstacle for these people? It was Ataxesis, that is false medis. But false medis only stayed a few months and he left. But they did not come back. They went to do other things. And the Lord watched them as he's watching some of us who have departed from the work of reform that we began. Of health reform, of dress reform, of Sabbath reform. Some people have left it. Educational reform because they met some challenges. And then the Lord raised a man called Haggai. And Haggai was given the word of the Lord because even he, his heart was burdened about the matter. And he came to speak to the people because God had troubled them. Haggai chapter 1, reading from verse 1, it says, In the second year of Darius the king, this is Darius the great, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, These people say, the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much, and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into bags with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood, and bring the how and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, said the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little, and when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, said the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. 
Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon the labor of the hands. Now, this represents the Lord calling us and saying, You have stopped the work of reform you were doing. Consider your ways. Return back to the work you were doing in health reform, dress reform, Sabbath reform, educational reform, social reform. Reform your life. Stop doing your own thing. You are building your own house. When you have left the spirit of prophecy and the Bible to go and do something that is not in harmony with the Bible, your life is no longer in harmony with the word of God. You started. You were doing it right. But because of one obstacle, you left. And the Lord is saying to you, consider your ways. Check whether you are really progressing ever since you stopped doing that work. The people of Judah were not progressing. They were not at all. And the Lord spoke to them through Haggai. Verse 12 now, it says, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then speak Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, said the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, in the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Amen. So, Haggai received this message the first day of the sixth month. By the twenty-fourth day, they had already started building. They listened. There was a faithful preaching of the word of God to the people to call them back to the work of reform. We need people like Haggai today who will call the people who have left the work of reform and call them back and say, come back. Don't leave the house of the Lord that he's building in your life. You are the temple of God that is to be built today. These people were building a physical temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is what the, the work of reform is to be done on you, on your mind, on your body, everything about you. That is the work of reform to bring you back into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now the next month, Haggai received another prophecy. It says in the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. And this is a promise that I appropriate to myself, and you should appropriate it to yourself too. The Lord is saying to us, yes, as you are trying to reform, you are seeing that what you once were, you are not looking like it be again. It's possible that the work of reform is hard. You are seeing yourself and you are saying to yourself, there was once a time when I didn't used to do the things I'm doing right now. And as I'm trying to go back to the work of reform, I'm still backsliding. It's not, it's not, what I am now is not as beautiful as what I was before. But the Lord's word to you is this, be strong. The Lord says, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. The next month, the Lord sent another message through Zechariah. 
Zechariah chapter 1, reading from verse 1. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo the prophet, saying, The Lord has been sore displeased with your fathers. Therefore say, un- say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servant, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us, according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us. Amen. I want to refer us back to the work that Daniel prophesied was to be done. Gabriel said to Daniel, that 70 years was given, 70 weeks, which is supposed to be 490 years, was given to them for a purpose. Even though the decree had not yet been given, the Lord was already preparing their hearts. And the purpose was for them to bring in everlasting righteousness, to put away all their iniquities, to make reconciliation for sin, to anoint the Holy One of Israel, and to bring in everlasting righteousness and seal the vision. Now God is reminding them, I'm beginning again. You see, God had always begun, always started over and over. The first time he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, their fathers rebelled against him. He made sure that they remained in the wilderness and did not enter into Canaan. And then the next generation, he spoke to them and said, Be not like your fathers. But when they entered into Canaan, oh, they went into idolatry. For many years, the Lord was trying to help them till the days they requested for a king. In that day, they sealed their doom. Even before requesting for a king, it would have been better when it was during the days of the judges where they were going in and out, in and out. But when they decided to select a king for themselves, from that day on, everything went downhill. It was always inevitable that they were going to go for this 70 years captivity. Having gone for 70 years captivity, now the Lord is speaking to the next generation. You are that next generation. I am that next generation. And the Lord is saying to you, your fathers, where are they? Where are they? The prophets, do they live forever? No. But the word of the Lord, look at it, his statutes, verse 6, Zechariah 1 verse 6, the word which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? The Lord is trying to reason with us. Like he said through Haggai, consider this. The words of the prophets, they will always come to pass. The fathers, our fathers are gone. So the Lord wants to walk with us. And he is telling us, work with me in preparation for the second coming of Jesus. Then the Lord encouraged them again through Zechariah. Reading from the book of Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 to 10. It says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, his hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. 
For who hath despised the day of small beginnings? For they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the land in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. Amen. Are you in your own days of small beginnings now? And I'm not referring to small beginnings financially. I'm referring to small beginnings spiritually. And you're looking at your life and saying, Who am I and what am I? I've not even reached anything where I'm supposed to be. The Lord says to you, despise not the day of small beginnings. We start small and we go incrementally in building and little by little from one reform to another, starting with the altar, then to the holy place and then to the most holy place. We will build till we are fully the temple of the Lord. We will build the altar. We will go into the holy place, the altar of incense, the, the table of shewbread, and the seven golden candlesticks, all of it will be built, all of it will be installed, and then incrementally we'll go little by little into the most holy place where the law of God is, and the ark of his covenant, and the Aaron's rod that bought it, and the pot of manna, and all reforms will be installed back into, their, into our lives. As in the second year, Darius gave the decree for them to begin the work because when they started to build, there were some people who came to meet them like Tatnai and Shetabosnai and they asked them, who gave you permission to build this? And they told Tatnai and Shetabosnai, Cyrus the king had already given us permission. So they went to meet Darius the Great and asked him, is it true that Cyrus gave them the decree to do this? Darius checked and saw that truly Cyrus had given a decree that that temple should be built and he told Tatnai and Shetabosnai, give them every single dime they need and give them everything they need for them to build that temple and it worked for their own good even though Tatnai and Shetabosnai was supposed to be an obstacle to them that obstacle became a help for them the obstacle was overcome and not just overcome but even it became a tool for them to finish the house faster than they would have done it if not for Tatnai and Shetabosnai sometimes the obstacles that come our way the Lord can change them to be blessings for us Tatnai and Shetabosnai gave all the help they could and all the resources all the money everything that Zerubbabel needed was given to him by these men and the temple was completed Ezra chapter 6 reading from verse 1 then Darius the king made a decree and search was made in the house of the rules where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. There he found a decree of Cyrus and he then gave the decree to Tatnai and Shetabosnai telling them to build the place with them. Verse 13 down to 16 says, Then Tatnai, governor of this side the river, Shetabosnai, and their companions, according to that which Darius the king had sent, so they did speedily. And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they builded and finished it according to the commandment of the Lord God of Israel, and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius, and Artaxerxes king of Persia. And this house was finished on the third day of the month Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. And the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites, and the rest of the children of the captivity kept the dedication of this house of God with joy. Amen. So what is the lesson for us here? Obstacles, a test of our faith. This last part of the obstacle they received from Tatnai and Shetabosnai was just some men who came to inquire. Sometimes when 
Some things may look like obstacles to us. We have to take our time and respond calmly to it. Zerubbabel and Joshua, when Tatnai and Shetabosnai came to question them, asking them, because they had left building that temple for two years. Now, almost two years, not exactly two years. Now, they came and asked, why are you building? By giving the right response and telling them, we have gotten a decree from God actually because Cyrus got that decree from God to build the temple. Nothing can stop the building when it is time to build it. It was time. If they had been building this temple before Cyrus' decree, they would not have succeeded. But when God has given the permission, providence and everything for you to do a work, then let no obstacle hinder you. Press forward. Obstacles will come but they are there to test your faith. Shetabosnai and Tatnai who came were a test of faith to Zerubbabel and to Joshua. But when they went to meet Darius, the thing turned around and they helped them so that the work was done speedily. Sometimes somebody may come to ask you a question about the reason for your faith and it may be as if that person is is an obstacle. By giving the person a reason for your faith, rightly dividing the word of truth, that person who was sent to be an obstacle or who sent himself to be an obstacle may turn out to be the great, a great witness for the truth for you. I remember an experience in my own life. I went somewhere. I was supposed to preach to some youth, some students. I was sent there by uh, the chaplain of the church. And when I went there, there was news going on around and there were going to be obstacles because some people were saying, oh, have they come to build? That's exactly what I was saying. Oh, this person is going to give us health reform and dress reform and Sabbath reform. And some people got inquisitive, some Tatnais and Shetabosnai, and they came to ask me, what, what is it that you have come here to do? And in responding and conversing with them, such people today have become strong in the faith. Just as Tatnai and Shetabosnai helped the children of Judah to build that temple. The Lord will permit these things to happen for various reasons. Like I read, one of it could be just to test your faith. To see whether you are really going to press on with the work. Or you are just doing it just like pliable in the book Pilgrim's Progress. Just because maybe you are seeing that... Let it not be like I'm not part of those who are moving. The Lord will test you to see whether you are serious. He may bring like those Samarians who came, the people of the land, and say we want to build it. He may bring people like that who will use force and power to try to stop you. But if you know that the Lord has called you to do this special work as we have seen, the Lord wrote a letter to us and he told us through the straight testimony, the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus that we are to rebuild, we are to reform our lives. Therefore, we must press on. We cannot allow any obstacle, whether by force or by power, we cannot allow them to stop us from continuing the work of reform. The Lord has written it like Cyrus, the anointed one, the shepherd, the servant of God. He represented Christ just as Christ wrote to us in the book of Revelation 3 and has told us, Be zealous therefore and repent. Buy of me gold tried in the fire and white raiment that you may be clothed and I serve that you may see. Let no one hinder you. The Lord will permit it, but he's looking at you to see whether you allow just a small excuse to be your reason for not continuing in the reforms or even a big excuse like the force and power exercised by false smerdis, the force and power that was used by those men who quickly went to stop them. Sometimes it may happen and we may be stopped from continuing the work of reform. But we are to observe when the obstacle has gone away. For the children of Judah, when the obstacle went away, which was Atakzex, is also known as false medis, when he left the way, he didn't stay long, he only stayed a few months as king. 
But after he left, they were not observant to see that they were supposed to resume the work. They allowed almost two years to pass before the Lord had sent judgments upon them. And then he sent a prophet, Haggai, to remind them, saying to them, Look, don't do this. We need to continue building the house. Why are we building our own houses? If we build our own house, it will not stand. Let us go back and build the house of the Lord. And that was when they went back. But we shouldn't make that mistake. Should obstacles come our way for a time, let us wait. Try to surmount the obstacle. And when it has gone away, be quick to go back to building the house of the Lord, the temple of the Lord in your own life. Go back to the reforms and raise up that temple. And the Lord gave that promise through Haggai. I am with you. As you are going to train your children in the home to do the educational reform, the Lord says to you, I am with you. Despise not the days of small beginnings. God says, I am with you. Haggai chapter 2 verse 4, the Lord says to you, Be strong, O Zerubbabel, and you can put your name there, whatever your name is. Be strong, says the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord is with you as you continue in the work of reform. Do not let any obstacle to stop you. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for such a typical example of what our own lives are presently as we try to do the work of reform. Forgive us, Lord, for building our own house and living the house of the Lord in our own lives, the temple of the Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we left it. We have gotten the message now telling us that you are with us and that we should continue to build and repair in the work of reform. Lord, with you by our side, we are assured that we will complete the work even though we are starting with a very small beginning. Lord, be with us and see us through to the end. May all the obstacles that come our way be turned like Tatnai and Shatabosnai to be for our own good that will even help us to finish the work speedily. Please do this for us, dear Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Bread of heaven, fill me, enlighten me, bright and morning star, build me up, master builder, build me, empower me, mighty great I am. Bre-
shining morning star. Build me up, master builder. Build me, empower me, mighty great I am. They throw me down to the lion's den Surround me round wicked evil man They watch expecting my heart to fade Listen will I deny my faith And when I've reached it you give me more You pull me out from the lion's roar Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up.